Hello, everyone, and welcome to this all-new episode of the All-New 52 Podcast. I am Joe. This is Caleb. We talk about comics on this podcast because we like comics. It's Christmas-themed. Berserk. <laughs> what's the opposite? have a segue. What's, <laughs> what's the opposite of Christmas? Grim dark fantasy. <laughs> Berserk. <laughs> Berserk. It's been an arbitrary amount of uh, episodes since we did our last manga, so why not uh, dive into a deep one? One that I, to compare to something we previously read on the podcast, the Invincible of manga. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I think that. that's a fair, like in terms of legacy and whatnot. Yeah. I'd say that's a fair comparison. Little, I guess I should get some backstory on Berserk, shan't I? Sure. Why not? My backstory and whatnot with it. Well, Berserk is a uh, dark fantasy manga, like Caleb said. When did it start? 87, I want to say, something like that. I thought it was a little bit later than Maybe that. Maybe like but... 94 or something like that. It's decently old. Yeah, it started a while ago. Has gone on for a very long time. The uh, has gone on many hiatuses at the same time, which is what kept me from reading it, uh, especially nowadays when I prefer to read finished things. So, uh, yeah, I'm the same way. But earlier this year, uh, the author and artist Kentaro Mira unfortunately passed. So technically it's over. And there was a big push again that brought it into the forefront because people were remembering him and just yeah. how great the series was. I was like, you know what? It's finally time that I get into this and uh, dip my toes into Berserk. So I bought the first uh, deluxe edition a couple months ago. Read it. I'm slowly making my way through it. And yeah, that's where I stand with it right now. Yeah, I knew what Berserk was. Um, I didn't know what it was for a long time. I just knew the name and like recognized yeah. Guts. Mm -hmm. But then when he did die, like found out more about it. And then eventually I saw some video essay on the different adaptations of the, of the manga and anime. And I was like, Oh, of this which is there are a ton. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of interesting. Um, and then, so I kind of had an idea about what I was getting into. I know the first two arcs at least. Yeah. I, major I, I think that's where, I think that's where I stand with it, where it's like, I have a general idea of what goes on in it. Uh, I don't really know plot points, but I know, I know a general idea of what Berserk's about, and which I think helps helped me get into this, like be able to read it. I think I also had to become an adult to appreciate it. I don't think I would have really would have liked this as a teenager. Interesting. When I was, you, you, you wouldn't know, have reading been... Shaman King and One Piece yeah, and all that, I like guess that's true. you know, very different things, very aimed at more that demographic. This is, I think, teenagers can like this for sure. Oh, I'm sure there are a lot of teenagers oh, who oh, like this for oh, the wrong yeah. reasons. Yeah, <laughs> but um. Enough backstory. Berserk is about a mercenary named Guts. He, I guess we should say what we're reading. Or, oh, yeah. It's the Black Swordsman it's arc. It's the Black Swordsman arc. And the, the first issue of the Golden Age. Yeah, it's the intro arc to Berserk. Yeah. Guts is a mercenary who travels the land, of which there is not a name, going to different kingdoms and whatnot, fighting monsters, performing odd jobs, being a general nuisance to the townspeople. Yeah, he's not mercenary in the sense that like people hire him to do things. He just shows up and starts killing, Yeah, basically. When Guts carries a lot of baggage, a lot of backstory in this fantastical world where anything and everything will kill you at the first chance that it has anything and everything is a demon. I, I was about to say, and is gross is a gross and disgusting demon. Yes. Like envy from full metal alchemist, yeah, but like, everyone is. envy. Yes. <laughs> That's a good comparison. That's really 
about as broad as of a synopsis. I can give it this point for what the Black Swordsman there, arc is. Yeah, there is a um, a not fairy, an elf mm-hmm. um, named Puck who he inadvertently saves early on, and then Puck kind of keeps going and like getting in his way. Puck's like curious about guts and yeah. just like tries to figure out what makes him tick. Like, what is his deal? Puck is Puck's the character who actually. I would say is the protagonist of this first arc. Yeah, more definitely. Than Puck's Puck's definitely because like I think the audience is trying to figure out what guts yeah, guts's deal is yeah. too. So Puck is a perfect character, and so like acting how a normal fantasy protagonist would react to certain situations, and then guts is here of just like I don't care. And then so first first chapter like fights a monster, whatever. Second one fights the monsters. Then the next ones are all about him fighting this one monster. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we get to Golden Age, we start getting backstory. Yes. Uh, Goes back to literally his birth. And then. Yeah, we literally to Guts's beginning. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty good. We can go probably go in a little bit more if we care to. I think as the story progresses, we can. Or yeah. as as our uh, analysis progresses yeah so characterize there's really only guts and puck to talk about at this point we can other characters come in and then they die (laughs) they quickly quickly exit very few characters survive i know we can save this for our positives and negatives but why not did you have a favorite of these stories of the three really now i'm not counting the golden age preliminary chapter I, i feel like we'll get into that in Okay. Because I do, I do read like, well, I'll be talking a lot about like structure and how he decides to lay out information mm-hmm. and stuff. And so it's very hard for me to pick out a favorite from the black swordsman arc. So, because it's all so, similar. it's all, yeah. Well, it's also like basically wanting over encompassing story and it's progressively becoming a story. I like more. Mm-hmm. So like golden age would probably be my favorite that we read, but that's just cause the story is, you know, progress more and you know yeah. more about it yeah i think uh one of berserk's strengths is that you, the more you read the more you like it like you're you're, you're wanting to know more and mm-hmm. he's drip feeding you at, at the perfect just the perfect amount of time before we get into positives though and i this is going to be probably the major positive oh yeah we need to talk about the art <sighs> okay so if you have seen or heard anything seen anything about berserk not even knowing what it is like myself uh you see a lot of pictures of just the breathtaking art uh, from locations to demons to fight scenes to just guts standing there with a sword. Yeah, like, the amount of detail. And I understand why it went on hiatus so often, especially if he didn't know where he was going with the story and he could just spend more time making these uh, illustrations weren't detailed. Man, starting out, usually stuff just gets better. And like kind of starts out a little weak because they're trying to find their footing with the characters and like how they're going to draw them. Everything looks so good. Yeah, it does. And we've read some hyper detailed stuff like Junji Ito when he's drawing his horror things, mm-hmm. like the the page turn. That's when he puts the detail in. Uh, Bakuman, I feel like was very detailed as well. Bakuman's, the yeah, their backgrounds are really good. Their characters can be pretty detailed for the most but part. Nothing, nothing like berserk berserk is crazy levels of detail that you wouldn't get in manga that you wouldn't get in comics Mm-mm. that you wouldn't get in this wider global medium because and, and that's what's so impressive about it that it doesn't matter what he's drawing he's gonna draw you in because you want to just like 
soak in this page. Yeah, the you don't there's no room for your mind to fill in the gaps. It's all there. But it's also like very clean and readable. Yes. With the exception of there are one or two times when you're not supposed to be able to comprehend stuff. But like that's intentional. I don't know anything about Berserk's serialization. Uh, I imagine it was monthly just due to the nature of some of these types of things, especially with that art. Can't imagine churning that out on a weekly basis. And you brought up a great point of how it's the the backgrounds aren't so busy that you get lost in it. I feel like One Piece, especially in its later half, the backgrounds get way more detailed and uh, there's just so much more information on the page where I that's kind of why I fell off of it when I was a kid. There was just way too much information for my brain to take in. And it's like, oh, this looks good. Like, but it. It just hurt (laughs) for for lack of a better word, but this you're I'm just in awe of it and it, it none of it's getting covered up by speech bubbles, which I feel like is a pretty big issue. Some comics will have um because it's not a very talky book. No, but the characters say very simple things. Yeah, but and, and not in a negative way either, but there's it's just how they are. Yeah, there's just plenty of time to you'll go pages without anyone talking and you can just admire it. Well, and so much of the book is fighting. Yeah, but like very beautiful. I think one of the things that helps you get acclimated to this world and guide you is Puck and his character design or their character design. I'm not sure what I believe he is a boy. Yeah. Um, But it's so simple and it's like such clean lines and stuff. And a lot of times it'll be drawn in more like a chibi art style. Yeah, he'll get he'll go a little more cartoony for like moments of levity. But it's really cool to see like not only is Puck the eyes in character in the narrative sense, but also in the art. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like whenever he's drawn, it really is drawing you into that. I also feel like I like black and white enough, but I will admit it's the, it's I've never felt like a, like a manga needed to be black and white. This needs to be black. And you think so? I think he takes full advantage of what you can do with these stark contrasts and the different shades he does. And at the beginning of these of each chapter, he'll have a couple um, pages where it's more gradiated. And I believe stuff. those were color pages in the original. Printing. Yeah. I don't like those as much as when we get to the black and white. You'll, you, I, you'll see those in a lot of manga volumes where they'll, because sometimes they'll print the color pages if mm-hmm. it's a nicer collection, which is weird that they didn't do this in such a nice collection like this. But um, yeah, they'll, it'll, it's just a black and white copy of a color page. Yeah. But like when I think of when I default think of Bakuman or Shaman King, I think of the covers that are colored with this, though, whenever I think of Berserk, I think of black and white. I can't imagine this in color. Yeah, I don't think I can either. I know I know a couple of the covers just from, you know, I I have volume one stuck in my head. So I know Mm -hmm. the cover of the original volume one and it's very brown. Um but I think what you you mentioned again, the shading, that's really what sets this apart where, um, you know, there's dramatic shading and whatnot. Uh, artists will try more during a more emotional scene, but a lot of time it's just flat, flat white faces where mm-hmm. it's not filled in at all. And aside from Puck, most everybody's always got that dramatic shading going on and not in a, an excessive way. It's like everything's just always dramatic, but it's adding such a sense of like, you can always feel what the characters are feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and just like, do that added extra time he took. And man, there's some disturbing energy or imagery in here. Yeah. And energy. Yeah. And energy. <laughs> a lot of both. Um, but 
it's really like you don't want to look at it, but you kind of do. It's not a car wreck thing where you're like drawn in by the horror and stuff. It's just, it's like, this really does look beautiful. And it's like, someone had to think of that monster. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we can sing enough praises for this art and anything, no, anything we're saying has been said a million times over. This is not a yeah, hot take yeah. we have. But I think, I think safely can say out of every, the 30 or so comics we've read for this, mm-hmm. this is definitely top tier, top show. Oh yeah. Uh, I won't, I won't call it my number one outright, but man, it's hard to beat just in terms of like technicality with the pen. Yeah. I, I don't think you'll bring anything manga that's better than this. No, I definitely won't. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can say that safely. Yeah. It's amazing. But what are some of the other positives we have outside of the art? Yeah. Like I said, I think how he drip feeds information about guts and the, not so much the world, but mainly just guts is outlook on it and Mm -hmm. stuff is a big positive i really enjoy the second story um let me find its name real quick open up the tome the tome of berserk the brand it it is uh as or as i call it the 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 skeleton army episode or chapter you all you really it's called the brand all you really figure out is that guts has a brand on his neck that kind of tracks demons and bad things to him and everyone around him. Yeah. But whereas the, the uh, first issue, I feel like only good, only does a good job of setting up kind of the, uh, not the theme so much, but just the uh, emotion of the story. I think the second one pulls me way more in to guts who he is and and puck and just Mm -hmm. everything else about it i really enjoy the second issue yeah um i think that he's really good at the information definitely and that's the thing i want to talk to it's like just how interesting from the get-go this is like well what's the draw into just dark fantasy man goes around stabs monster why read this when i could read a thousand other things yeah similar premise is because guts and puck have such like conflicting worldviews and like they don't argue about them puck just observes and it's really disturbing and interesting and as time goes on you're like man i really want to know how guts got like this mm-hmm. but i also feel like he does world building really well um of course the beginning of this is guts is having sex with a woman the woman turns into a demon and he kills her <laughs> it's so weird and then and never brought up again no um, that's just the world that this is yeah and then automatically boom town another demon and like and i'm so i'm so confused it's like because like there are all these cosmic rules of hell and yeah. stuff like that but also there's just an elf and that's the only like other magical thing in the universe mm-hmm. and i feel like I really like that, like goes in strong with that first chapter with just a ton of stuff and leaves a lot of questions. And then the second one just pulls back. They're just on a path in Mm -hmm. a forest and then doesn't give anything. Then fully into it and then fully in like picks up a seed. Guardians of Desire. Yeah. Yeah. Picks up a seed from the end of Guardians of Desire. First thing in Golden Age. Now he's a baby. Mm -hmm. Like it's just really masterfully told. Mm -hmm. I will. I'll do a little uh, backstory on this. I, I first read this a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Did not love it. I thought it was, you know, okay. It was, it was kind of a invincible thing. It's like, but way more so. Whereas, like, I can easily see how people would love this. Maybe it won't be for me, but I'm gonna keep reading because yeah. I'm, I'm definitely interested. Um, and then Golden Age kind of uh, made my those worrisome thoughts go away, which I think is what most people 
is most people. Golden age is pretty dang good. Yeah. Um, but going back to reading this or this over the last couple of days and to reread it for the podcast, I really liked it a lot more this time around. I don't know if that's because I had more understanding of I'm, I'm not quite at the end of golden age, which is where, which ends where black swordsman starts apparently. But I don't know. I just guts was way more interesting to me, even though, even though I don't know where he ends up or anything or mm-hmm. like necessarily how he's gotten to that point yet even, but just, he's not like, he's kind of an awful person, but you not in the sense that it's like, he's irredeemable. You're just like, how did you get to this point? Yeah. You're like, you are definitely like, you can see the hintings of a, of a good person. And he is doing good actions most of the time. But just for a, bad reasons. For bad reasons and just a hardened just, way. A hardened yeah. way where he's like, I cannot stop to empathize with anyone around me because it will make me weaker. And mm-hmm. I do not want to be weak because I am hurt when I'm weak. Yeah. It's, it's one of those when you start berserk or when I start berserk, I was afraid that was just going to be edgelord with yeah. a sword. That's what I was scared of too. But then like, no, this is, this is really it's it's setting up and i assume from everything i've heard from golden age that pays this off and then lost children afterwards is that it is a story about someone who's conflicting both their trauma and also like the more toxic elements of how they were raised mm-hmm. which of course makes perfect sense like living in a grim dark world yeah. that they would be lived like this but like it is that recapturing of humanity and even if guts never gets there if it gets to the point where he doesn't resent people for not being as strong as him Mm -hmm. like i'm like that's that's growth yeah that's what i want to see this is kind of like a negative turned into a positive almost and a lot of these things where you have your main character and you you kind of always know that the main character is going to pull one out Mm -hmm. he's all he's always going to win the fight um they're always like they might have a hard time along the way but they're always going to win the fight uh, I really never know if Guts is going to like win or not. I really, I really, there's so many moments where it's like, yeah, dude, I, I don't know. You got this in you. And the the result is kind of the same every time where it's Guts decides to win. That is mm-hmm. kind of the result of a lot of the fights. He but remembers he's Guts. He's remembers he Guts and he has a big sword. But every time I'm just like, yeah, that's so cool. Every, it's always a full page spread of him just demolishing this thing with his giant sword. And I'm just like, yeah, I like guts. <laughs> I will I'll argue with you here is that um I don't think he wins in Guardians of Desire. No, no, no. He, well, he has he has a mini victory to get himself out of the situation. Yes. His goal is to kill this demon who's running a half human, half demon who's, you know, lord of this town. And it ends up with him and all these people in hell. And basically like the what's called the God hand, but yeah. like the five rulers of hell like are just there. And he escapes, which is a victory, and the demon dies. But like, it really. Besides him escaping, oh, he's he in was, rough shape. He was out of his league from like moment one. <laughs> well, he'd already been demolished before they all. They just showed up in hell, and you're like, oh, yeah. Like it is. You lucked out here, guts. When the God Hand showed up in my first read through, that was when I was like, oh, I'm really interested now. Yeah, yeah. There's. There's just a presence to them. As soon as they show up, you're like, I want to know everything about these guys. They're cool designs. Um, I feel like it really balances like, oh, this one's the talker. This one is the one who just stands there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one who like, it looks like a, a character from um, uh, They Live where he's like skull and brain exposed and stuff. And I think he has one line <laughs> the entire time. I'm like, what's your deal, bro? 
And then you have Phantom of the Paradise over there, who apparently was a human and an ascended like. Oh, Griffith. Yeah. Yeah, you'll you'll learn more about him. That Gardens of Desire is a really good story overall. I I think it's it's a little too chapter one again at the first half. But then you find more and more about the daughter and then the daughter has really cool character develop the princess. She has yeah. a lot of cool character development. Her final like she says to Guts, I'm going to kill you one day. I'm mm. like, I want to see her come back. Oh, I, I want to see what I, she does. I'm, I She probably does come back. I believe she would try. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really want to see what the outcome of it. I mean, probably the princess very dead. But <laughs> what at, at what point in both of those characters journeys are they going to meet again? Yeah. Negatives. Guardians of Desire does feel very chapter one again. I, I I'm not too huge on the first couple chapters of it. That's my big problem is that throughout the entire Black Swordsman arc, it's the same thing on repeat. Yeah. Like it's like Puck shows up. He sees Guts doing something. Guts does something cool, but then talks about how weak everyone is. Puck tries to deny this. Uh oh, the ruler of the town is a demon. <laughs> it's a, it's an intro arc. It does hit a few too. I feel like you could have done Guardians of Desire and been fine and uh, put in parts of the brand and the intro chapter uh, into that without it feeling as samey as it does. I mean, it, it really is a catch 22 because I do love how he structures the beginning of this story, but it, if, if it's going to be structured that way, it's going to feel repetitive. Yeah. And you know, this is also reading it all in one go as opposed to like a monthly format. Maybe it worked a little better. Uh, I'm not going to time travel back to 94 and tell you if it does though. <laughs> I'm like scratching because I didn't, I didn't, I feel, I felt like I would have had more to say in terms of negatives the first time around, but since we're reading it, I just had a d- completely different outlook on it. I guess if I'll say anything yeah. else, those great, the color pages really do throw me off. And that's more of a medium thing, mm-hmm. but, and I'll call them gradients cause that's what they are yeah. here. But the gradient pages do throw me off. I do feel like, and this is a taste thing. It's, it's what he's going for. So I can't critique him for it too much. Grimdark is, I don't love Grimdark. I feel like I've matured past it. A yeah, little bit. When you said, oh, I'm scared it's going to be edgy, edgy edgelord drama. It's like, it's kind of what Grimdark gets associated with nowadays. There, there's a reason there's that association there. Yeah. And it's just so like, some points I'm like, okay, maybe this is a little too bleak. This is a little too yeah desperate. And then I, uh, I do feel like the ending, as cool as the God Hand is, I do feel like everything in hell is a little dragged out. <laughs> It looks, <laughs> it looks like the Millennium Puzzle, the inside of the Millennium Puzzle yeah, in Yu-Gi-Oh, it's, where it's just stairways that like don't go anywhere. It's and the Tower of Fate. It's in yeah. the MC Escher painting, but it's just like uh, by the laws of causality, you now have the one wish from the God Hand. But quick, you have the to destroy. has opened the portal to hell, and uh, <laughs> it's like the brand of sacrifice has marked you, not the sacrifice. You know, what it reminded me of it. Reminded me of at the end of FMA, where Envy has that long. Oh, like, his entire episode of him dying. <laughs> Oh, I hated that. My favorite, my favorite humunculus has the worst ending. But yeah, like I felt like that was just the whole issue. I'm like, oh God, get guts, guts for my sake alone. Stand up. Swing the big sword. (laughs) The God hand's interesting in terms of like when they show up, you just feel the presence. But then when they start talking, I'm like, okay, I kind of, I'm over y'all. Like this is a little drawn out. Like the, the Baron's kind of just in his little slug form and, 
You're like, eh. I don't think we needed his full backstory, but you know, it's interesting. It's I really like the imagery of the Satan statue. <laughs> I cracked just up a, real good. Just a straight Satan too. Like, <laughs> You know That's how, why it made me laugh so hard. You know how the Church of Satan sued Riverdale, or not Riverdale, what's Sabrina. the other one? Sabrina, because they used their statue. Where were they in 1994? <laughs> their IPs being infracted It's straight up on. like as above, so below. Oh, it's great. Yeah, um, like it, like everything, it looks cool in this. <laughs> yeah, but you get the, uh, you know, you have, you have Griffith, who you're supposed to, like, you see him, or he's clearly the one you're supposed to pay attention to. Then you have the girl one, who's there and is kind of throwing me off with every time she shows up. I'm like, are you going to do something? No. Oh, okay. You're just going to grope yourself. Okay. That's fine. It's exactly what you think the one female yeah, villain would yeah, look that's, like. That's a, yeah. It's <laughs> to make another humunculus comparison. Lust. It is very lust. Lust is a little more nuanced than what I got out of. Uh, True. Yeah. Whatever yeah. this chick's name is. But sexy demon. Number one. <laughs> yes. Not even number well, one, actually, only yeah. one. No, Griffith is... Mm. Mm. <laughs> Those lips. I don't know what he looks like under the mask. Yeah, but... you, do. you see him under the mask in it. In Guardians of Desire. Yeah, but that's before he ascended. Oh, true. Yes. Yeah, so True. Guts is a little one note. Like, you do... You you sense that there is more to him. Yes, there one, is. Like, having read, there is. He has one moment where he's kind of... Oh, it's when he's crying at, at like, the very end. Oh, well, that too. But also, I think like when the doctor dies, Dr. Varga, he's mm. like, I won't fail like you. It's like the way it's written, you're like, he's almost saying that I won't fail you again. Yeah. But he changes it just in time, um, which I think is kind of interesting. Also, I like all his weapons. They're cool. Crossbow arm? Crossbow Dude, arm. Yeah, Guts just looks cool. Guts Cannon is such arm. a cool looking main character. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Everything it's 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 like in a video games where you just you upgrade yourself and you just look cool by the end of it. It's like you've already we've already reached uh, max level guts. <laughs> and to a certain extent, it's just cool to see characters who are good at things. And if guts is good at anything, yeah. it's killing demons and people, just normal people. Uh, kill, yeah, killing. <laughs> it's less fun to watch them do slicing that, though. people just completely in half with with absolutely no effort. so many poor guards in this. The so disposability much. of human life. <laughs> Should we close our thoughts? Yeah, uh, good comic, more nuanced than I expected. Yeah, and I don't very well crafted. I don't think we're saying anything new in our uh, analysis. But when do we ever? True. Except for except for your Fantastic Four take. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the opposite of an, of an invincible situation where it's like I know there's a legacy. Where is it? I immediately see where this legacy came from. Yes. Now I will say, I hundred percent believe that. Golden Age would draw me in a lot more than this does. First chapter of Golden Age is extremely interesting. Yeah. Like, I just think that there is my one problem with this being maybe a little bit too grimdark might be solved in Golden Age. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm expecting Golden Age to be any happier. (laughs) Just like there might be more going on that I don't mind as much. Okay, I'm judging from the last page of Golden Age, Golden Age chapter one. Yeah, it it ain't much happier. No, I'm not crazy about that. That was one of the moments where the bleakness. I was like, oh. yeah. Also, it was the last thing I read. So <laughs> you're like, oh, that's a downer. So you're almost through. Uh, you're almost through Golden Age. How much more of this do you have? A berserk? Yeah, yeah. a lot. Okay. I'm on. I'm on Big Book Volume Three, 
there's 10 of these out yet and they're not done collecting all the, mm-hmm. the uh, original trades. So do you, do you think eventually you'll fall off this or you're going to see it through I'm to the end? I'm definitely not enthralled with it like I was with uh, Invincible. I keep going back to Invincible, but that was... It's the last big thing you read. Yeah, I was I was enthralled with, with Invincible once I started going. Uh, this has been a much more of a slow burn where open it up, I'll read maybe a one chapter or a couple chapters and I'll put it down for a couple days. Mm-hmm. But it's not because I don't like it. It's just... I'm absorbing it all. Like as, as pretentious as that sounds, I'm not really like mulling on it for a couple of days, but I just, I have to put it down. There's like I, a there's, lot there's a lot to take in after every couple of things I have to, I, I feel like I would just forget a lot of it mm-hmm. if I kind of burn through it. Like I tend to do. Yeah. And I think that just speaks to the quality of the story, quality of the art. Yeah. I'm only more excited to read it more and more often. Every time mm-hmm. I get done with a reading session. What do you what do you have for me to uh Oh shucks, I forgot I had to do this. Yeah. Luckily I know what it is, so I'll go grab it. For our next Christmas themed episode. Oh, it's in it's it's been mailed. No, it hasn't. This was from a uh this was from a Christmas gift that I wrapped. <laughs> so like I just had the bag. So and the back completely torn up, so you could just flip it around to see. <laughs> uh Green Lantern. Yeah. Specific, Far sector. Yeah, specifically the young animal imprint um that uh yeah i i really liked this when it was coming out oh gerard way yeah oh intro no no no, okay never mind um he runs young animal oh okay so um but it kind of fits that slot where it's like this is in the dc universe and stuff but But it's it's, so far removed yeah it's far away Uh. um but i think it's really fun i i enjoyed it and it tells a nice complete story so i've never read a green lantern comic ever yeah, it was the first. No, I read Blackest Night. Okay. Um, I've read a couple, but this was the first one I bought month to month and really good. Um, I actually might. My one problem with this, just to forecast, is it's printed on really cheap paper. And oh, another positive for Berserk. This is a beautiful collection. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, this is printed on really cheap paper, and I might just pull out my single issues. <laughs> when you're reading it. <laughs> What a grim dark way to end this episode. <laughs> Except that happens every episode. <laughs> if you've uh, enjoyed what you've heard about Berserk, uh, yeah, I mean, makes sense. What else is new? <laughs> Email us at allnew52podcast at gmail.com with your feedback and suggestions. We always love hearing those. Rate it and review us on the podcast platform that you're listening to it on right now. Five stars so that more people can join in on the comic book fun. We'll be back in two weeks with Far Sector. And uh, did you mention to recommend things to us? Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, definitely do that um, because I've got my next couple picks picked out, but I would love to go into 2022 and have some fresh picks that ne- neither me or Joe have read. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, and next time I'll be reading something I haven't read. Yeah, so bye. <laughs>